Hello everyone, welcome back to My Solo Road. My name is Sydney, I live in a van, and this is my podcast. I'm here with my friend Kristen, who also lives in a van. Hello. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> um, on Instagram, she is where the road forks. I think underscore, correct? Yeah, okay. Yeah, underscore. So some of you probably follow her. I've posted her before. And yeah, we're just going to sit here and talk about van life and, I don't know, be friends and talk how we always yeah. do for a little while. But yeah, she's another solo female traveler. So she kind of has different perspectives and some of the same. It's interesting because Katie's been on the podcast and I think it's fun because Katie and I are so similar that talking, it's like kind of the same person. And I think you and I are a little bit different, but yeah. like... But we get along so well. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, we're the same in terms of like wanting to travel and doing van life, but like your career path and things like that are just slightly yeah. different. So I'm excited to actually have somebody who is not the exact same talk on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen and I's friendship have been based off of <laughs> wine conversations. Like you can have a good conversation with a friend and to all yeah. of my sober friends out there too... I get it, and this sounds bad, probably, and I don't mean it that way, but Kristen and I, like, we'll have a good conversation, but then about a half a bottle of wine in, it is, like, we're crying, we're talking <laughs> about everything, we're talking about, like, the most heartfelt, yeah. deep conversation The first type. time we met was at a winery. All of, all oh, of yeah. winery. Oh, yeah. It's a winery in Indianapolis, but yes. it was it was to talk about van life because yeah. she wasn't in a van yet. But we'll get there. We'll we'll, get we'll there. proceed. Okay, so go grab your drink, whatever that may be. We're gonna go grab some wine, and we'll see you in just a minute. All right. Now we have our drinks. So we're actually, during the little break, we're talking about trying to reminisce on how we met and where we met. The winery is called Daniel's Winery. If you're in Indianapolis or you ever are, it's a really cute winery. And they even have, was it an RV or a van or something? It was like an old RV, but it was small enough to be like a van. Yeah, so but it was, it was like very vintage. Size. Yeah. Yeah, it was very cute looking. So the first time we met... We have a very strange connection. Yeah. My high school best friend, early high school best friend, her name is Ellen. Shout out to you, Ellen. Has an older sister, and her older sister was Kristen's best friend. Yes. Follow Paula. that line. Yeah, yeah, Paula. So you and Paula were good friends, and so I think, like, Ellen had showed Paula, or Paula knew of me, or, like, yeah. followed me as well. Paula sent me a picture of you, and I literally will not, never forget this photo, because <laughs> it's a photo that changed my life. I mean, seriously. I've never heard this. It was, uh, your ex-boyfriend was, like, holding you in the doorway. Oh, yeah, when we bought the van, van. Your first van. That was before the build. It, it was, was just yeah, an empty it van. it was empty. But my, but Paula sent it to me, and she was like, this is crazy, like, watch this girl's story. And I was like, I don't think I could ever do that, but that's really cool. I'm gonna follow her. So I started following you, and then it would just, like, kind of evolve from, that's really cool, to, like, could I do that? Right. So, I think I'm gonna try to do that, but maybe in, like, five years. So yeah. Like, now I live in a van. Yeah. It kind of, you rush the process. I think yeah. most people I've talked to, when they find van life, they think it's a future plan. And then, like, you kind of obsess over it for a while until you get really interested in it. And then, like, you just have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I feel like everyone's kind of brought their five-year plan to, like, a two-year plan. Yeah. Or, like, even a six-month plan. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of how Kristen found me. And then she reached out and was like, hey, I'm from Indianapolis. I didn't really have much of social media stuff going at the time. I was kind of trying at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Nobody from Indianapolis had ever reached out and been interested. Like, people in California had and people on the West Coast, but nobody from, like, my hometown. Really? Yeah. I mean, my family thought it was cool, but nobody had reached out being like, hey, I'm from the Midwest and I actually want to do it too. Right. So, I was kind of like, oh, my God, this is the first person Perfect. I can 
talk to about it. And, you know, even people from California, they don't get it the way that we do because, you know, it's, I, and I love California. I would love to live there, but they are brought up around similar ideas. It's yeah. not so crazy in the West Coast. Totally. So being in from the Midwest, it was kind of like, I don't know, we have a lot of similarities that I haven't found with other people. No, people from the Midwest will get that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how you found van life. And then what made you want to do it? You've been a traveler forever. Yeah. No. So I started originally what I wanted to do was travel full time, like backpacking throughout the world. But I have two dogs. And so I had to keep them in mind. So I was like, how do I do this traveling, but also keep my dogs or at least not have to be away from them? You know, for months and months at a time. Right. Which you were kind of were doing. Well, not months at a time. Yeah, well. But you did backpack quite a bit. Yeah. I would typically backpack for three to four weeks at a time. So and where did your dogs go? With my parents. Okay. And they're wonderful. So I knew they were safe and everything. But right. still, I mean, I they're my responsibility. So. Right. Well, in like, you just love them. So you don't want to be away from them for that long. Absolutely. I'm at home right now visiting Indianapolis. And so I've been away from Ella and Pearl for four days with one day left. I'm honestly going batshit crazy. <laughs> like, I hate it so much. Yeah. Lee is very sweet, so he's giving me, like, hourly updates, and it helps and it hurts, because I'm just, like, makes me miss you more, but then I also know that they're alive, so. Yeah. And that is kind of the thing about traveling internationally for me, is I kind of lose track of time, so it's easy for me to get lost in it, and I would, of course, miss my dogs, but, like, I, I don't know, I could just travel internationally. I was gonna time, say, there's also and- something about being in... Bali or like places that you've been where it's yeah. kind of like, it's okay to say, I forgot about my dogs for a second. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I love, love them dearly, but I'm also being blown away with this insane place. Yes. But then I'll have moments where I'm in like Italy where people with their dogs everywhere. Just right. Everywhere. I mean, Europe in general, it's a very like dog culture, fr- like friendly culture. I don't, yeah. I don't know what the right word is, but, and so yeah, I'd miss them there. And so then I had thoughts about like, okay, well maybe I could live internationally, like move to Europe and what would that look like? So I kind of explored that a little bit, but it's just not that safe and easy to travel internationally on a no, flight it's freaking with hard. Dogs. Even just like the documents of having to move internationally. Yeah. And I mean, props to, be- to anybody who's done that because that really right. is a journey in of itself. And being quarantined and, and just that whole process. I didn't want to put that stress on my dogs. Right. So then van life just kind of like it showed just, up. It showed up. Yeah. Just like right when I needed I showed it. Up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really it showed up at a time where I was miserable. And so it just like, I don't know, it fell in my lap. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And uh, Kristen and I do have similar stories in that. And I don't want anyone to ever think that everyone who's doing van life was oh so miserable in their lives and blah, blah. Like a lot of people, this is a slow process. Like they were very happy and they just wanted like a change or they just wanted to travel. Like they were perfectly happy before and van life's, it doesn't have to be an escape, but it just was that it happened to be that for the both of us. Yeah. We just were not happy with what we were doing. This potential solution showed up and we capitalized on that, worked very hard and then made that happen. A thousand percent. I kind of just grew up with that mentality of like, you know, the American dream. You go to school. That's a Midwest thing, though. It That's is. the thing. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I graduated. I went to college. I went to the college that, like, a lot of people from my high school went to. Ball mm-hmm. State University. Chirp, chirp. But, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but I loved it there. Right. I mean, I had a great experience. And it was while I was in college that I studied abroad for, like, a summer. I went to Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, and Australia. Completely changed my life and almost, like ignited this spark in me to to travel and ever yeah. since then i've just i have like an ongoing bucket list goal to do a new country every single year and i never really looked at the u.s as like an option uh, yeah because i was like oh that'll be for when i retire 
Like, I'll just right. save the But US. I think also, like, in terms of traveling, you see on Instagram all of these people traveling the world, mm-hmm. and it really does, like, not even inspires the wrong word. It makes you kind of believe that that's the only option. Like, when I thought about traveling before van life, I... That was all I thought about. I was like, what country could I go to next? What country can I afford? Where can I, what plane ticket can I afford? And so it wasn't, I didn't, it didn't cross my mind. I was like, I don't want to go to Denver. What's in Denver? I don't want to go to California. It's not that far. Like if I, my theory was if I'm going to spend money on a trip, it's going to be a trip. Like it's going to be far away. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, then enter van life and you're just like driving around somewhere in Oregon. You're like, holy shit. Why was I not here five years ago? Like nobody knows that. Why do nobody talks about Yellowstone? Why are people not talking about Yellowstone? From Indianapolis to get to flight to like Yellowstone, insanely expensive. Right. It'd be cheaper for a couple hundred to fly to Paris. Right. For a couple hundred dollars more, you could go to Europe or or less. Right. And that's (laughs) another thing. I think I'm a little sore right now from there's a lot of articles coming out and there's so many mean comments, but nobody that listens to the podcast is ever mean. But before anyone thinks that you need to be wealthy or have money to do anything we're talking about, both of us have full-time jobs and we'll get to why Kristen's career path and whatever I was saying earlier is different than mine. But we also have traveled very inexpensively. Like she was saying, backpacking is vastly different than someone who's luxury traveling. Like we're talking hostels. We're talking like checking Skyscanner and Expedia for specifically cheap Mm -hmm. flights and then going to the country that you can afford during the cheapest month of the year and like really finding travel hacks and not where you're not we're not dropping tens of thousands of dollars to travel the world no i mean so last year i did like three and a half weeks to bali and thailand and i backpacked and i went with my my best friend paula who i mentioned earlier but anyways all like flight hostel ferry rides all transportation all spending money food Everything cost me $1,500. That is... Which, like... I honestly was thought you were going to say, like, 5000 and I was going to be like, you know what? Pretty good. But $1,500 is $1,500. Like, people are always like, it usually costs that much just to get over to Bali. Well, that's what... You just wait. Like, yeah. I, I don't buy a flight for... Lo- I've never paid more than $600 for a flight or a few. Right. But that's what I don't think many people know. Even there's people who listen to this who don't want to do van life, but they are interested. I think everyone's interested in traveling to some degree. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that people know that you can do that. Yeah. Like that it's even an option. You can sign up. I'm on so many email lists where I get an email saying, hey, this flight is insanely cheap right now for some reason. And like, yeah, you might not be able to check two bags. You probably are just going to bring a backpack and one, like, carry on. But go to Bali and spend a week there. Like, yes, just do it. Absolutely. (laughs) And stop waiting on people. But that's a different rant for later, maybe. Yeah. But. (laughs) We're freshly single. Right. Not me. (laughs) People are going to be like, oh my God, I thought you were with Lee. Okay, let's move on to your actual job, though, because I do think that's interesting. And it's also something I don't think anybody knows is really an option. Yeah, totally. So I'm an internal auditor with Delta Faucet Company, and I was with them. Okay, wait. She's an internal auditor for Delta Faucet Company. Oh, you said so fast. You said it so fast, <laughs> which people say that about me too, but sorry, just so they heard what you said. Yeah. So pretty much like a lot of people will look at me and be like, okay, I don't know what that is. So what I do is I go into like the finance department and I'm pretty much just double checking their work to making sure that there's not any fraud happening, just making sure that everything's happening as it should. She literally just audits the finances. Yes. So 
Whenever I say I'm an auditor, people are like, oh, no, you're going to come for me. No. I mean, I audit sure, one company. Sure, for a company. faucet company. <laughs> one <laughs> company. Yes. Yeah, so if you ever see my van, that's why my faucet is so pretty because... <laughs> <laughs> it is actually a stunning faucet. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So I work with them and, and about two years into um, working for them, which was uh, about five years into my career as a whole, but two years into Delta Faucet... I went to my manager and I was just like, I'm miserable. Like, I don't know if it is what I'm- <laughs> What every boss wants to hear. <laughs> I know. I know. But I was like, it's either the, I don't know if it's the actual work I'm doing. I don't think it's the company. Like, the company- You've said nothing bad ever about that company. You love them. No, I love the company as a whole. Like, they really, I like, they have a very good, like, work-life balance. So everyone in the entire company gets to work from home one day a week of their choosing, which is so great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got three weeks of paid time off a year, which for the U.S., that's pretty good. For the rest of the world, it's Not really good. bad. <laughs> but um, I just, I had a really good relationship with my manager. And so I felt like I just needed to to say something because I was interviewing with other companies, but I still, like, something in my soul was just telling me, no, you need to stay here. And I didn't know what that was or why. So I was like, let me just purge to my manager. And so I let it all out and told her, we explored other options. Maybe I could shadow the marketing team or HR, or maybe it's a different department where I should move to. Was your manager specifically in the department that you were in? Yeah. So like, was she was going to lose you if you left? Me. Okay. Yeah. She's only the internal audit manager. Okay. So... But yeah, so we had like explored those options, but nothing really sounded like it fit. And then I started, your picture surfaced and and I sat on it for maybe, I don't know, six to eight months and I started researching. And so at the time, my manager was pulled off on like a huge company-wide project. So I had an interim manager who was more like my peer. He's two years older than me and we were like friends. And so I approached him with the idea first and I was like, do you think this is something like the company would ever go for to allow me to scale back to part-time and work remote a hundred percent? And he was like, I think that our job could manage it, but I don't know if they'll go for it. Right. So I made this huge proposal. It was like six pages. I detailed out like how I would do it, how I would manage it. And that's the work that it takes though. Like And I have this all over my blog. I've said it on the podcast before. When you go to someone, whether it's your parents with the idea, your boss, whoever you're going to, go with answers. You go with the solution. Don't go to them with questions. And like, I know you did that first, but that was when you didn't have a solution. But if you're ready to make a change, you need to go to someone with the solution. When my parents asked me, okay, so how how do you think you're going to stay safe? And you're going to go live in a van and do this thing. And I said, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. That's how I'm going to stay safe. You're going to have my GPS location. You're going to have this. You're going to have that. Yeah. And so, I mean, you put in work for that proposal yeah. and you had solutions in place yeah. for how you were going to get your job done on the road. Yeah, I did. And so I proposed it to my manager, uh, my real manager, and she she gave me a yes. But, I mean, that, she wasn't the final say, so it had to go to the CFO after her and then also to HR. But the fact that my manager was on board was Right. You had someone huge. on your team. Yeah. She was on my side and she had talked to the... The interim manager, and he, he he had my back as well. So it was like my whole team had my back when it came to this idea. So she actually took my proposal and went to the CFO. And the CFO is kind of known as like... What does CFO stand for? Chief what is Financial F- Advisor. Oh, finance Or officer. Okay. So the CFO was kind of... He's kind of known around the company as not liking 
the work from home days. Mm -hmm. So we knew it was going to be very difficult. He's not a big fan of the remote situation. Yeah. (laughs) So like when she took it to him, I was pretty, I I did not expect him to say yes. Or, you know, maybe we'll, we'll go to three days a week or something. Mm -hmm. And he said, yes. And I mean, like (laughs) she pulled me in the office and told me and like tears. I just started sobbing. Yeah. Cause I could not believe it. Like, continue. So, yeah, so when she told me that, I was just, like, so overwhelmed with emotion. I was so excited. And then we went to HR, and we kind of just came up with a plan on what day I would, like, officially transition to part-time, which was, I think, like, June 3rd of 2019. And then June 7th, 2019, I left in the van. And then it was um, kind of the rest of 2019 was going to be almost like a trial period to see if it works. Mm-hmm. And last week I got my year end review and not only did it work, but I got praised for being like innovating a new entire position within the entire company. And now because of me, they are doing this work from home initiative that they are trying to. Present. You never told me this. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm Dude, super that's excited. Amazing. So the company's coming up with this like young professionals initiative. And anyways, their biggest like the initiative is for them to work from home. I don't know what else the word is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so they're trying to propose that it's more of like a flexible schedule. So mm-hmm. if your manager is okay, like company wide standard is one day a week, you get to right. work from home. And I think but, it would take, I assume, some degree of proving yourself first. Absolutely. Like you worked full time at the company yeah. every day for a while. So they knew your. Yeah. work ethic and they knew that you were going to get the job done. Totally. Totally. And like this year I, I busted my butt. I mean, you know, they, they give me on average. So I work 29 hours a week. That's part time. And they gave me, you know, enough work for that, but I got all my work done a month in advance. So yeah. I got back into the office and by December I didn't have any work to do. So I'm picking up work from other people. So it's like, yeah, not only am I meeting my goals, but I'm exceeding them and being able to prove like I can do this and fingers crossed they will allow me to go back up to full time so you know I can have some extra spending money. Right, some spending money. But also <laughs> it came with not rules. She has to be here for two months out of the year. Yeah. Because it's the busiest time of the year. And so she's on the road ten months of the year. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the year she's kind of in the van slash at her parents' house in Indianapolis. So not to say that everyone's situation is going to be the same or whatever the case may be, you are willing to work with whatever, as long as it was a yes, I'll take, you know, whatever is expected of me. You have to be here two months out of the year. Okay, done. Fine. I'll travel 10 months out of the year. Totally. And it's compromise. And honestly, like, I mean, that was an easy compromise for me because I probably would be coming home around Thanksgiving. I'm tight with my family. Yeah, it's during the holidays anyways. Yeah. So I have to be in office December and January for like year-end financial closing. So it's like, I, I most likely was going to be be there anyways. Why not be yeah. in the office those times? So. Did you know that it's a Midwest thing to say anyways? No. Yeah. People have called me out on that too, which you guys don't have to message me and say that it's okay. I know it's okay. I'm not going to stop <laughs> saying it. People always send such nice messages after I call myself out, but I, I didn't even know that until somebody was like, I could tell you're from the Midwest because I guess anyways is not even a word. It's anyway. Oh. So now I say both. Anyway. I know. I call my, like, I will catch myself and then I say anyway. And then five seconds later I forget and I'll be like, anyways. Weird. Yeah. Fun. We didn't know. Yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> yeah. Also. Weird Midwest how do kids. You, how do you say the, the big, tall, pointy things out in the. I beg your pardon? <laughs> that you like go climbing up. Trees? No, like mountains. Mountains? Yeah. You say it. Mountains. That's how I was told. I, I'm from the Midwest. Mountains? What yeah, is it? It's Mountains. Mountains. Yeah, but we say mountains. 
Oh, it's a mountain. <laughs> people make fun of me because I say button. I don't know if what else people say button. I say yeah, button. I say button. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I, I'm trying to make myself sound weird, but I don't hear anything wrong with no, anything I'm saying. Sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> mountain. Yeah. Um. This is weird, and I know that it's not a Midwest thing. I say brawl, like the undergarment yeah, bras. Yeah, but I say, I put like an L at the end. Uh, a brawl. No, I don't. Like do I wear a brawl. I don't know why. That's just a weird thing. Okay. The thing. The point of. This conversation is that you don't have to find remote work. I get asked often from people like, what can I possibly do remotely? And although that's ideal, you don't need to do that. Maybe in a few years, you're still in the van and you don't work for Delta Faucets and you are doing either YouTube or social media or you're doing something, you know, I don't, I don't know. Those are two examples, of course, but whatever it is remotely, but that's not what you have to do right away or ever. But it's just like, you don't have to find remote work. Like at least try unless you hate the company that you're working for but at least try another option yeah i mean if you think your job can be actually done remote what's it gonna hurt for you to just like propose the idea like that's how kind of my attitude is if i can do this why don't i at least ask right it's okay (laughs) i don't think i didn't really even hear it in here she burped it's okay (laughs) we keep it very honest the wine yeah but yeah if you can do it just make it like just ask if, obviously, there's some jobs where you cannot, like, physically be remote. To right. Do, You're not going to be know. a cashier remotely. Right. That yeah. But that's Katie's boyfriend also works at – he's a server at Olive Garden. So he just transfers to different Olive oh, Gardens. He'll cool. work a month or two at an Olive Garden, and then he goes to a different oh, Olive Garden. That's smart. Yeah. And so it's just, like, you kind of, you know, think about remote jobs, but also just think about – how to get creative with yes, whatever your situation creative. is. Get creative and don't be afraid to ask. And like, so now, now that I'm able to travel and work my job, like I'm way more invested in my job. My year in review, she talked about how I actually seem like I'm understanding what I'm auditing now instead of just like, I'm actually invested in the work that I'm doing now. And she can yeah. tell a difference in the quality of work that I'm performing. And Well, because uh, now you're not sitting in a cubicle. You're staring at mountains while you're working. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, I just – I feel so much more, like, involved in it. And I will say that I, I don't see this as, like, the end of my – Career. That's fine. Yeah. No, I, I don't want to be an internal auditor my entire life, I guess right. is what I'm trying to say. But – this is exactly where I'm meant to be right now. And I'm really glad that like the $30,000 I put into my education that I'm able to still use. Oh, God, to be I wish I would have put $30,000 in my education. I put about four times that amount. I'm going to be <sighs> suffering for the rest of my life. Yeah, you will. Oh, God, school. Yeah. <laughs> so glad I went to an art school. No, it was great though. Okay, I kind of want to move on to safety and what you in particular do about safety. So, yeah, safety was probably, like, one of my biggest research topics going into the van because you obviously want to... You're a single woman. Single woman, traveling alone. I think probably my biggest, like, first line of defense is my dogs, although I always joke that my dogs would probably just lick someone to death. Right. I have a golden retriever. Like... Yeah. She's not killing anybody. Right. They're so nice. However, if someone were to start, like, trying to open up a door, they're going to start barking. And right. And hopefully, that would be enough to turn someone away. Right. It, it's, that, it is going to turn someone away. Yes. Maybe not that person, but it is a deterrent. Yes. And I've even said, while walking, Ella, it's one problem that they wouldn't want. Like, if there's a woman walking without a dog, mm-hmm. I mean, God bless that woman, so sorry, but if I have two dogs... I just don't feel like somebody is going to want those problems. They don't know my dog, so they don't know if Ella's going to jump on them or 
like, even though Pearl's four pounds, so it's not like she could actually hurt someone, she goes crazy. Even when Lee, like, leans in to kiss me or something, she, like, she's so protective over me that if someone was to do anything, she would go absolutely yeah. buck wild. And she, I mean, she would just bark like crazy and growl at them, get in their face. Yeah. And then I'm, I don't know that Ella would react to that, but I kind of do feel like it's a scene that if I was a criminal, I wouldn't want to put on myself. Like, I would go look for somebody who's not in that situation. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Another thing, though, which, I mean, you kind of talked on, like, if you're walking the dogs, I actually do not really go outside of my van at night. Unless I'm camping with people or, like, you know, I'm in a group or I'm parked at a friend's house or somewhere that I, like, really trust. Mm -hmm. My rule is, like, you're in the van and you're locked up at night. Right, so with 100%. that being said, like sometimes you're somewhere where it gets dark by like five thirty or even sooner. So I just save those hours like for um working for me, right? Because I can work. So whenever when, I want. what do you do if you need to take the dogs out late at night? Like not even late at night, but just at five thirty. I would assume your dogs need to go out one more time. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's kind of, I just feel it out based on the location. Like, yeah. Do you ever take them out somewhere else and then like go to where yes. you're going to sleep for the night? Cause that's yes. what I do. Like yes. I'll take them out at a park. Like I'll work at a park for a couple hours, like you said, cause it's getting dark yeah. and I'll take them out there and then I'll go to the location I plan to sleep. Yes. Or I'll go to like, um, uh, like a target or a Walmart or, well, if I'm sleeping at the Walmart, I won't do it there, but I'll go to like a store that has a well lit parking lot that has mm-hmm. like patches of grass. And then I'll take them out there, like, underneath, right. like, the massive light fixtures, you know. So it's yeah more safe than casually, like, walking, I don't know, somewhere that's not yeah. well lit. Yeah. I like talking about safety because it's relevant and people want to hear about it. But at the same time, if you're smart, I'm not saying nothing can happen to you. But your chances are decreased drastically. Yeah. Like, I am very familiar with the ID channel. I watch it almost on a daily basis. I'm a little weird about true crime. Like, I know a lot about true crime. Mm-hmm. My favorite podcast is My Favorite Murder. And 99% of the stories are, even if it was a smart person, they did a dumb thing. And so, you know, although we all do dumb things, and I, I, I certainly, you know, if Ella's sick and needs to go out at night, like, I've taken her out in the Walmart parking lot that yeah. I was sleeping in, but even then, I have my phone on me, I am looking up the entire time, like, I might have my phone in my hand so they know that I, like, see that I have a phone, Yeah. but I look aware and I look like a human being who's not just super distracted and, like, has no clue what's going totally. on in the world. And so I think looking and being smart about every situation like that's the biggest thing about living in a van is like you don't have to be on guard all the time but you do always have to know what your situation is yeah you know what i mean no, like totally. yeah. i notice a sketchy person if i walk into a grocery store even if it's 1 p.m and i see a guy in a big truck parked next to my van looking at me i'm not getting out my sliding door on that side like i'll get out on the you know what i mean i'll climb up to the driver's side and get out on the other side mm-hmm. and you just kind of have to really learn to pay attention, I guess. Yeah, totally. And another thing that I do, like, if I do have to get out at night, I always take my key with me and have my hand, like, on the panic button. Yeah. Just in case I need to set off the alarm. I mean, hopefully it would at least cause enough commotion that it would deter people. Right. Or, I mean, I I have a taser, which I... 
don't ever really use. Like, pepper spray you can have on your keychains easily. You have, like, a rape whistle, which I think is funny, like, just because it's funny, but it's also a reality that's, I mean, they even have those things where you can detach it and then throw it, and it's, like, a really loud alarm. Have you seen those? Yeah, it's, like, a thing that you put on your keychain, and you, it's basically two pieces that are stuck together, and then you can, like, pull it apart, Mm -hmm. and then you throw a piece, and it has an alarm. So, Either that alarm is just going off or, like, the point is that that person would want to go turn it off and then you get a second of them to yeah, of leaving. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I actually originally got my whistle for, like, being out out hiking. And if you're by yourself and then, like, you fall and hurt yourself or something, you right. know, it can help. But I will wear it if I'm just, like, walking the dogs, too. Like, yeah. Just stay. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't ever live my life in fear or paranoia, but I'm also not going to, like, be reckless or... Right. I just want to be cautious. That's a really like, good way of saying it. Yeah. I just... Yeah. I want to live my life to the right. fullest. And, and I'm that's, not going to let fear hold me back. Yeah. The biggest thing about safety is also that I've never been in a situation where I did feel unsafe. Like, although I am always aware and I'm always cautious... I've never been, no one's ever tried to break into my van. No one has ever approached me and, like, tried to touch me. Like, I, on Instagram at least, and I actually wanted to talk about this on my social anxiety podcast, but I totally forgot. I was attacked at a bus stop in Chicago when I didn't live in a van. And, you know, I was assaulted twice in Chicago, and Mm -hmm. that was me living in an apartment, and all I did was leave my house during the day, and I was attacked twice. I haven't been attacked in my van. And so it's just, like, it can happen anywhere, Mm -hmm. but in my van... I've never been safer. And that's not because I'm in the van. It's not anything like that. But it's just like you can't – like living in a van's not necessarily more dangerous. It's just the world that we live in. Yeah. You know? And then like even traveling abroad, people are always like, oh, my God, you're going – like when I went to South Africa, everyone was terrified. Oh, and yeah. I was just like, dude, we live in the United States. It's probably the most dangerous company – like our yeah. company, the most dangerous country. You well, know? the other day, my friend who's Australian said that it was Australia or maybe, I don't know, some type of like travel board has issued an advisory on the U.S. because right. of the mass shootings that we've had here. So like – it's funny that it is actually considered safer to be in other countries rather than the U.S. Right. Granted, I don't feel unsafe in my van. Right. And I feel safe. The way that Katie kind of put it in your guys' podcast, she talked about how it's like less space. So it's like she feels safer. I, I'm not going to put it as well as she did. But she was pretty much talking about how like walking down her, her hallway in an apartment complex, like it was easier for someone to like right. attack versus here in the right. van. Right. Like, this you is a space that... Here, yeah. And like, it's it's uh, not difficult to maneuver in a van, but for someone who's never been in one, I think that it would be. Mm-hmm. And so you know how to get around this van a lot easier than somebody else does. And so... And I don't want anyone to ever think that I think we're exempt from getting hurt. Like, right. I'm very much aware of the fact that yeah. something can happen to anyone, no matter how smart you are, no matter where you are. My Just my point is the fact that you know how to get around this small space in particular, better than any other human yeah, on the planet. Totally. And so, I mean, they don't know about this. And that's why Kristen got a, had a, has a pocket door in her van as well. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if that makes you feel safer. No, a thousand percent. Yeah. If someone is trying to steal something, which I've said this on the podcast a hundred times, I believe is anyone nine out of ten times, if someone's breaking into the van, it's likely to steal something. And if they're going to do so... Probably, like, the easiest door, at least someone has told me this, I don't know if this is a fact, but people have said that the easiest door to break into is the front doors, and so I feel like somebody would break into that 
if that was their intention. Yeah. And so if you have a pocket door, I mean, your dogs are barking. Yeah. That does buy you, even if it's 10 seconds for me to grab a knife or like grab something, it's, that's pretty valuable 10 seconds. Oh, yeah. Like that's 10 seconds that I'd like to have. Yeah. Instead of just like throwing a curtain or even having nothing there. No, absolutely. And I, and I've heard other women say things like they'll put boots like a, a pair of man's boots or something on their dashboard or up front that's somewhere. Smart. Yeah, and I, I do think that's smart. I don't have that. However, what I do have is my ex-boyfriend, before he got deployed, he gave me his military parks pass. Oh, yeah. Um, so hanging from my windshield, there is a little parks pass that says military on it. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, and so even when that expires, I'm going to, like, leave that hanging. No one's looking at the expiration date. Well, yeah, I'll buy a new one to like actually hand over to the park rangers. But what I'm saying is I'm going to keep it up. Right. So that way I feel like it's almost like an ADT sign for my van. That yeah. It's just like, don't come in this van. Right. Like. I mean, I, when I first moved in the van, because I did feel a little bit less safe at the very beginning, mm-hmm. which is normal. And I think most people would. Oh, yeah. I had beware of dog signs that I bought for like 25 cents at Walmart. Yeah. And I would just put those up in my windows, one in the back window, one up in the front window. And it's like, it's those small things that you can do to, that would likely deter someone. Yeah. You're not guaranteed anything, but you're... You can do small things like that to where somebody might just go to the next car, you know, like, not that I want them to, but like, you know, it's anything to make yourself safer, like whatever you have to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, right now you wouldn't know because the front of my van is so messy, but I I do try to keep it pretty clean up there. So that way no one can see what I may or may not have in the van and give the entice them to break in to, to get more. Yeah. You know, I don't want to give them any idea of what's actually in here. Right. And we have touched on dogs quite a bit. And I mean, if you want to talk more about safety and dogs and everything, but I would like you to talk just about your dogs. About my two dogs. About your two babies. <laughs> That's not hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Talk about them a bit. And yeah. uh, I, I mean, what they add to this adventure, what you think about having them, how difficult it is to have them, anything and everything. Yeah. Tell so us. So I have Kashi and Bear. Kashi is, uh, she just turned four years old and Bear turned six years old this year. They're getting so old. <laughs> It's almost like people I, with like twelve year old dogs are like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I like celebrate their birthday, but also I'm crying because <laughs> I'm like, no, you're another year older. Yeah, please. Bear is six and he's a collie mix, and Kashi is four and she's a like a rot pit boxer mix. Kind of looks like a mini bully breed dog. Although it's funny, no one has ever like been scared or intimidated by Kashi. Even she's pretty she does. small. She is small. Yeah. They're both like 45 pounds, which is honestly perfect size for yeah, a man. Yeah, good size. So good. But Does no she one... weigh the same as Bear? Yeah. Oh, I wow. Like Bear looks weight. a little bit bigger. Yeah. He's a little taller, but, but she's, she's like stockier. I was going to say, because of her breeds, she probably has a little bit oh more muscle mass. When she like gets her front paws up on a window, you can see her back muscles just oh, like yeah. ripped. Don't you love that? Girl is so strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, she's so cute. But I, I've, I've actually never had any issues with anyone being scared of her for being like a bully breed, but she's like literally the sweetest cuddle bug. Like she's yeah. so cute. She's so sweet. <laughs> we love dogs here. <laughs> yes, we do. I personally don't understand how someone would travel without a dog. <laughs> right. I know people do it, and I guess I should preface. I don't understand how anyone could travel solo without a dog. 
Right, but just, a ton of people do it, and also before someone ugh, just and you don't send me a message being like, "I'm just not a dog person." I can't. We we know, okay? <laughs> yes. Not everybody is the dog person, and you are safe here. Still, it is okay. Yes. And if you're not a dog person, I am so glad that you know that. Please do not go get a dog if you're not a dog person, because oh, yeah. it would probably end up back in a shelter. Kristen we is a fantastic rescue advocate. <laughs> Both of her babies are rescues. Yes. So yeah. Don't get a dog if, if you're not into dogs that much. Like, yeah. you need to love them. But for me personally, like, this year it is, like, one of the best and one of the hardest years of my life. And without having the dogs with me, especially in the van and being alone, like, there was yeah. just so many nights where, like, you know, you just cry. And <laughs> they're just, just there. Have a glass of wine and get emotional. <laughs> It just has to happen. But, like, for personal reasons, I was dealing with some stuff that, like, yeah, I was just sad. I mean, I don't want you to talk about anything that you're not comfortable with, but I also want you to know that, like, yeah. I do get – I mean, you listen to the podcast sometimes. We're very real and we're very honest yeah. here. So you don't have to go into detail of it, but you were going through a breakup. Yeah. Which is a very difficult time. Yeah. And it was particularly a confusing breakup. And, yeah, so this – Year specifically. Yeah. I mean, I kind of used my first year as, like, my anthem year yeah. where I was just like, go me. You got this. You're right. going to do it. Which there was plenty of crying involved as well. But you were really going through kind of a heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so without, like, I mean, I am an open book and, and I personally don't mind. Like, I don't really have secrets to hide because there's two people in it. I'm a little more hesitant because I do have a lot of respect for the person. But, yeah, I mean, super long story short. Fell in love with somebody who was um, getting deployed. Bad timing. But we entered into a relationship together. And I've not heard from him since the day of deployment. So it's just been really hard. And yeah, your girl doesn't know if she's single or not. We're just, <laughs> we're a little confused. No. As her friend and not anybody who's running a podcast, she's single. <laughs> and we don't like him. <laughs> anybody who's on her side except for her. Because she blinded by love. She yeah. is single and we don't like him. But I also recognize that, you know, deployment's not easy. And For it's- sure. I have a lot of respect for anybody who is deployed and I know how... And it's not because he was simply deployed that I don't like him. I just want there to know people to know that there's more details well, involved, yeah. which is why I don't like him. Yeah. But I don't want anyone to think that he was deployed and then has the inability of saying something and then I don't like him yeah. for that reason. And yeah. that is why. But yeah. I... I mean, the military is quite the sensitive subject, and I have absolutely nothing but respect and appreciation yes. for that. A thousand percent. So, so I would say that, like, I am very open-hearted and minded to what whatever is happening, but through conversations with some other wives of the same <laughs> same platoon group, you know, it is what it is. So they've heard from they men. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm just a girlfriend, so I don't get any real. It's a right. thing. I mean, no, it's for sure a thing. Yeah. And to it's be perfect, like, you're like, new at it and I've never done it. So yeah. this is two people speaking on something that we don't necessarily know yeah. about. But it's just like basketball wives or football wives where it's like, you're just a girlfriend, take a seat. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's the same thing. And so, yeah, so I'm like trying to talk to people and they're just like, you're just a girlfriend. And I'm, how long were you dating before? Oh, okay, not that long. Please, right. please keep walking. Like, yeah. So it's been a little hard, but I also have gotten some confirmation of things. But yeah, so point is, it's just been difficult. Yeah, it's just been a rough year. But I am used to the single life prior to him. Oh, yeah, girl was single for a long time. Girl. <laughs> I've been single since 2011. 
thought I finally met the one, and then, you but know. But also, she's cute, she's smart, she's funny, we don't know why. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, Sydney, Sydney, I was talking to her, and just, like, ranting, and she was like, Kristen, you know, you just, when you know, you know, and I was like, bitch, what happens when you know, but then you're still wrong? Right. So that's been, like, the frustrating part about this year, is, like... And I think that's what happens, honestly, the older that you get. Is that when you fall in love, you're like, oh, this isn't a kid thing. I'm not just in high school. This isn't silly love anymore. You fall in love. Like, you loved this person. And I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling of, like, I fell in love. Like, I thought this was a future thing. Yeah. I thought I was building a life with someone. And and then that gets, you know, ripped from underneath of you. And it's a whole different kind of hurt. Yeah. And to be honest, still am in love. So it's, like, also a hard thing of, like... (laughs) So same. (laughs) But I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... it's. It's a weird place that I've never been in because I've taken a lot of, like, pride almost in being, like, this independent single woman. And it right. was interesting, too, because it was almost like my identity was being questioned when I did enter into a relationship. Yeah, I, was like, I totally what does get that. look like for me being, like, solo but not solo? Well, the, the thing and- is that you're solo but you're not single. And yeah. that's because that's the concept that I had a difficult time with when I met Lee because I was like, there's no doubt in my mind that I love this person. Mm -hmm. But my thing, quote unquote, is being solo. But the thing that I've really had to process and dissect, and it was, there was never a question of whether or not I was going to be with him or love him. But it was like, how can I call myself solo? But the thing I love about it now is that I can be a solo traveler Mm -hmm. and not be single. Yeah. Like, that's two different concepts. I can travel and I can be an independent person and I can enjoy my time alone. And, like, the best part is that I found someone who enjoys his time alone as well. And so I can go on road trips for weeks at a time that are solo. I was a solo traveler. But that doesn't mean I'm single. It doesn't mean that I'm meeting guys, which, to be perfectly honest, I never was on the road because that's just not what it meant for me. Yeah. And so it just was, you know, this... Yeah, it's kind of a, a concept of solo versus single, and that doesn't have to be... For a lot of people, it is the same thing. Mm-hmm. For some people, it isn't. Yeah, it wasn't for me, but but it was interesting, too, because I kind of, like, set this goal for myself that my first year in the van, I was going to be intentionally solo. So I was like, oh, okay, this is an opportunity for me to kind of, like, have my cake and eat it, too. Like, I'll, have, I'll be in a relationship, but he can't be with me for the first months or right. so of my van life so it kind of works out perfect but you know things happen for a reason yeah everything happens for a reason and like i mean overall i'm happy i love my life i'm so blessed and yeah the best thing the the one thing i really love and respect about you is um your openness about christianity because i myself am a christian but i am very wrongfully not embarrassed but sometimes i'm like yeah but i want to relate to people and i know there's a lot of people who don't believe in god and i don't ever want people to feel like i'm in any way either judging them forcing it on them or even so so much talking about it all the time like it's it's a part of me that's very personal and it doesn't need to be said like it's my relationship with some like someone with quotes but you wrote a caption one time that was like you like explained to the fact that you know that you were a christian and then the second paragraph started with so hello my name is christian and i love jesus (laughs) (laughs) and i like i'll always remember that because it was such a cute honest way of saying what you believe in and i was just like it's so good for you that that you care about relatability, you care about people relating to you, but, like, it's something that's so important to you that you're like, no, this is something, like, I, I care about God in a way that it, it matters to me that people know. Yeah. 
No, a thousand percent. And, and it's been interesting. I don't know. People maybe just like relate Christianity with negativity nowadays. Right. Which is unfortunate. And, but I like the best part for both of us is that thankfully we had very positive experiences with churches and Christianity in general. And I know that a lot of people unfortunately do not have that experience. Yeah. Well, yes and no. I mean, I definitely walked away from my faith for a while, but yeah. I found it when? and more established. Through college, slightly towards the end of my high school days, uh, I don't really want to like throw people under the bus, but there was just, there was a few people in my life that said some things that I very much that were, they were very, um, biblical people in my life, I guess Uh you could say, or they held a lot of spiritual faith to me. I don't know what I'm trying to say. You looked up to them in a spiritual way. Thank you. Jeez. No, 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 I Um, I didn't even know if that was what you meant, but yeah. Yes, I looked up to them in a spiritual way, and they said things to me that were very unbiblical, which kind of that and just some experiences I was going through, just I was turned off from my faith. And so I pretty much walked away from it throughout college. And then, yeah, about a year after college, kind of found it on my own. And I I always knew religion, Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand the difference between Jesus and religion. And then there's a great book called Jesus is Greater Than Religion that kind of dissected that whole concept of like, maybe... Did someone recommend that book to you or did you just I find it? I found it through... Um, this poem went viral, like 30 million views on YouTube. He did um, Jesus is Greater Than Religion and it, it went like worldwide. It was okay. so crazy. Jefferson Bethke is his name. So that poem sparked, like, he, he he wrote a book, and I read the book, and it just really dissected the difference between, like, what religion tells us, and then, like, who Jesus actually is. And, like, when you actually get to know Jesus, Jesus was, like, super rebellious. Like, he right. rebelled against religion. He was like, no, you're not, like, stop following customs. Like, follow me. And, like, love people. He stood up for those, like, like prostitutes. Like, he stood right. up for the oppressed. And it was just, like, everything that Jesus, who Jesus actually was, I was like, that is someone worth, like, admiring Mm -hmm. to me. And so, like, when people ask me, are you religious, I have a hard time with answering that. I like to say, oh, I'm spiritual. Mm -hmm. Because I don't really feel like I've, yes, I do identify as a Christian, but more so I identify as a Jesus follower Mm -hmm. and less of a Christian. Well, and that's, the thing is that anybody can follow is that you don't need to believe that Jesus walked this earth. If that's what, if you wholeheartedly do not believe that, okay, fine, do you. But who Jesus technically stood for, who he was, is someone that I think all human beings should be like. He was kind, he was loving. You know, God is kind of painted as this other picture, which is fine. But like, if you're talking about Jesus, so I kind of would rather go on that road. And Jesus himself is a human being that I don't know many people, whatever they believe in, wouldn't want to be that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's really an example of someone who I think everybody would want to be Mm -hmm. if they knew him and his concept. I'm trying to be as, like, speak to the generalized population. His concept and who we know him to be is someone that everyone would want to be. Yeah. Unless you're, like, I mean... Well, a piece had, of shit evil person. You know what I mean? And like, I love, like, talking to people of different faiths and kind of, like, comparing and just, like, discussing. By no means, like, when I go enter into conversations, am I, like, trying to convert you or change you. But I love sharing what's similar and what's different. Like, I was about to say that. talk about it. It's so interesting and speaking to other religions and learning how similar so many religions so are. similar. Yeah. Like, I don't know many... Like, people are going to hate me for saying this, but 
there's a lot of similarities between Islam and Christianity. A lot. And right. I mean, people on both sides will probably get mad at me for saying that, but I have a lot of Muslim friends. But it's also people who would get mad at that, and I say this with nothing but respect. I think there is a lack of knowledge on either side. Agreed. And if you really sat down, because my dad said something yesterday, and we had a similar conversation where I asked him point blank, I said, do you know anyone who identifies as Muslim? And he said, no, I don't know anyone. And I said, okay, respectfully, you can't have a whole lot of opinion. Mm. If you've never met one and you don't know one, then you can't say a whole lot of them. And I do believe that. So it's like, you can't speak on what you've heard in media. You can't speak on things that you've heard here and there. Although I'm not saying what you believe in is wrong because we don't know what you believe in. You can believe in whatever you want, but it's hard to speak on something that you don't necessarily know the facts on. Yeah. And there's a difference in like reading about it and then actually sitting down with someone because there's scripture in the Bible that if you just read it for what it says, oh, yeah, you don't understand that shit at be all. So terrified and be like, I want nothing to do with that faith. Right. Like, well, I can read half the Bible and be like, I'm sorry, this could be in Portuguese. I don't, I don't even know what I'm reading. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Cause a lot of it is old dark. Where you're like reading it and you're like, okay, literally, what does this say? If you don't know, like, yeah, the historical context behind it when it was written, blah, 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 like, it can get really confusing. So it's like, I, I have a very big heart. So I'll just put this out there. I have a very big heart for the Muslim community. And I really hate when people attack them just on like what they see in the media, you know? Right. Well, and not to, I don't know how much this even matters because you are not Muslim, but you do have. Oh, um, yeah, my family does come from Syria. Okay. So I would say in t- today's culture, maybe it's more of a more is- Islamic than okay. Christianity. But my great grandparents, when they came here, they were Christians. Okay. And it, it well, was and you are, you're very westernized. So it's not. Yeah. 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 I don't identify as. But Syrian, I do think you have a, um, a connection. You have a connection a that opens your heart up a little bit more than I think people who have no connection. Yes. So my Syrian roots are actually, it's, yes, the reason you say that. My Syrian roots got me into meeting more, more people of um, the Muslim community because in college I sat next to this man, Hasib, and I'll never forget him. Love you, Hasib. Um, <laughs> Is Hasib listening to this podcast? <laughs> Probably not. But he, he sat down next to me and he looked at me and he was like, Hey, I'm Hasib. Are you from Syria? And I was like, What? Were you like, oh my God, how did you know? Right? Like, no one's ever guessed right away. Like, a lot of people would guess, like, Italian for me or something. Yeah. I had a best Um, friend in college who was a Syrian. So she was not from Syria. Oh. She was, is it a Syria? I don't know about Syria. Okay. Well, I know she speaks a Syrian. It's different. I do know that much. Okay. But yeah, everyone always thought that she was Indian. That's what everybody just goes Uh, to the default of like, oh, you must be Indian. And she was always like, Jesus, I'm not (laughs) like, it's just, I I understand why it's like almost any Hispanic person being called Mexican or whatever, but people just assume. And I just know like that shit is annoying. Right. So we're really getting into some sensitive topic. (laughs) I know. As soon as I said Hispanic, I was like, honestly. I, I feel like the last 15 minutes have been a, a mistake, but not a mistake because I <laughs> is real. Like it's true. Yeah. So Hasib introduced me to like Ball State. I, I don't know if our international program like was heavily heavily focused on Middle Eastern countries, but we had a lot of Arabic people 
And yeah, you're probably way more politically correct than yeah. I am. Well, so I really try. I yeah, I don't want to <laughs> say that they were all Muslim, but most of the people that I was introduced to were Muslim. And so it was my first time really, like, really, I like, meeting people of yeah. that faith and really, like, speaking to them because my only experience was through the media at that point. And I'm ashamed to say that, that, you know, I, I didn't actually go and meet people to form my own opinions. Yeah. And, and so then I start meeting all these people and we start exchanging ideas and I just realized like, wow, we're way more similar. Like we have more things in common than that set us apart. And oh. I don't know. So it was just like a good eye opening experience. And I think that is why it is so important to travel. I was literally going to wait for you to finish what you were saying so that I could bring this back to travel <laughs> yes. because I think it is incredibly relevant. Oh, so so relevant. I mean, I hear people all the time. I say I'm going to a country and they're like, oh, be careful of this, 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 and this. And I'm like, but have you been there? Have you ever talked to someone right. from that country? Like, what do you actually know? And so if you can gain take away anything from this whole little spirituality rant that me and Cindy just went on. I know. Honest to God, I mean, well, no pun intended. <laughs> I mean this with my whole heart. Nothing that we say is ever with intention of offending. Like, yeah. if we've said something wrong or like, I don't know, that's not necessarily, by wrong, I mean politically correct or whatever, something that you disagree with, we're simply speaking out of opinion. Well, and we're still learning and we're still growing and we're not too proud to say like, Yeah, I was going to oh, say, we like- grew up in the Midwest, which let's be honest, like, it's pretty predom- predominant white. And so, I mean, it took me going to college and leaving and going to Chicago, a big city, mm. for before I was even really introduced to many different religions or backgrounds. My high school was pretty 50-50 in terms of black and white. But other than that, which I, a lot of my black friends also identified as Christian. So, you know, I, it, that's a very different culture, but not necessarily a different religion that I was exposed to. So yeah, it it took me going to college and leaving and going to an art school in in a city where, I mean, it's nothing but collective, you know, people from everywhere to where I was actually exposed to everything. And when I did that, I was like, okay, let me like hit a reset button here because not to say what I knew growing up is wrong, but it definitely wasn't right. And so I, I mean, it wasn't until I was 18 years old that I even started understanding that what I knew wasn't necessarily right. Because when you're a kid, you just believe your parents. And my parents are very open-minded. They're very kind. But I realized, okay, now I'm an adult and there are things that I was not told. And so, you know, even after Chicago, I go to South Africa, I go to Europe, and you're just kind of like, you. it really takes you taking the responsibility of being an adult to expand your horizons and come to your own conclusions. And whatever that conclusion is, is totally. fine, but you need to make it on yourself. Totally. Like, don't allow other people, like your family or whoever, to, like, influence your final decision on anybody. Yeah, or even your own faith. I mean, if your faith is just off of what people have told you, like, I mean, whether it's... I'm so much louder than you. Whether it's, like, you know, you're, you're atheist or you, like, deep into, you know, your your faith, whatever it is, you know, like... Is that something you came to on your own is what right. I'm saying. And I, and I only ask that because starting up, growing up, I did not come into my faith like necessarily on my own. Yes, I believed it and, and I was invested, but it wasn't until as an adult that I like, I feel like I met Jesus. Like there is a difference in knowing about someone and then actually meeting them. Yeah. That's a great analogy. And, yeah. And so I felt like I actually met him as an adult and it completely changed my my world view and how I interact with people and just my heart towards other people. And 
whether it's just different cultural experiences you're trying to learn about or, you know, different faiths. I just think there's so much, there's so much beauty in what is different between us, but there's also beauty in like those connections that we can find right amongst the different cultures that I, I live for. I just think it's so beautiful. It's so important. It's so, because like, it just changes me traveling. It, it just changes everything. Yeah. Like, you, re- you really do realize, no matter who the other person is, you just realize how similar all human beings are. Like, we feel the same. We feel the same hurt. We feel the same happiness. We feel the same joy. There are wild differences, and you are allowed to not like or like whoever the f- fuck you want. I don't care. But, yeah. like, until, yeah, you come to your own conclusions, and until you're exposed to things, and until you just, like, I don't know, do your own thing for a minute. Like, you can't, you yeah. just can't do it. Does that yeah, make any sense? you just gotta stop living in, in the fear of stereotypes and, and prejudices and, like, learn things for yourself. Yeah, when I, I know I keep saying this, and I'm so sorry, but when I went to South Africa, that was, like, cause, because that was my biggest experience with people in my life being, like, please don't. Like, I'm begging yes. you, please don't go. Like, yeah. I don't want you to go. And that was my biggest experience with that. Even van life, I didn't have that much pushback at all. But when I got there, I, I mean, I would call my parents every day, and I was like, I've truly never met nicer people in my life like people are like uh, you walk in like a street cart or something you know where there's food or wherever people like they just want you to they want you to experience their culture people were just like handing me food and like Uh, you know what i mean like people people were so welcoming everywhere i went i made best friends with the concierge i'm the i stayed at a hotel the first night because i was nervous to just go straight to a hostel or airbnb i kind of wanted to make like a connection somewhere so i stayed at a night at a hotel and i was downstairs sitting with this concierge for like three hours just talking to him and that was my first experience there i got off the flight i got an uber and i went to this hotel and i met him and we just talked the whole time and i was like oh my god like right off the bat i was like this is not what everyone told me it was gonna be like people tried to make me scared so i i got more nervous than i was yeah even though i went and immediately i was like nope yeah. Not what people said. I was still smart. I still didn't go out and drink at night and, you know, do stuff by myself because uh-huh. I didn't, I don't want something. Like, that's what I have always told my parents. I'm like, I don't want something to happen to me as much as you don't want something to happen to me. Like, right. I'm not going out looking for something to happen. And so, yeah, I mean, and every day was like that. It didn't matter where I went. Once I went to an Airbnb, I stayed a couple nights at a hostel. Like, everywhere I went, every single person was outrageously kind. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I had nothing... I mean, and I know some people might go there and not have that same experience. I don't know. But that that was my personal experience there. Yeah. And I think this year, like, kind of one of my my goals is I really want to, like, dive into more of the different cultures here in the U.S. Like, what is available to us here. Because there's a huge Native culture that is in dire need of some attention and love and experience. And being in the van is – it's so awesome for that because you can go – stay near native land and go in every day i think i don't know if there's some places you can actually stay for free on native land i'm not sure i know that there's there's definitely more rules when it comes to that and a lot more respect as well but uh yeah there's places you can stay near and i mean there are tours you can go on there are people you can talk to there are restaurants you can just go eat at that's family owned by a native family and just go sit down and talk to them like yeah you know what i mean it just takes those kind of interactions like that are literally in the United States. Yes. And I think that that's going to be like one of my huge goals this year to really dive into that a little more, just because I feel like our history is very whitewashed and it's, yeah, it, we just aren't taught about anything. Anything. <laughs> yes. I mean, I honestly don't feel like I, 
I've started following some accounts on social media who have definitely broadened my horizon on like what it what being um, Native American is. And is there any uh, that you can specifically tell people to follow? Uh, Nature Chola. I knew you were going to say I that. I love her so much. I met her at the Women on the Road Gathering. I love her. She's so very much. cool. And I, I'm. I'm so sorry. I don't know how to say what her ethnicity is. I have not seen her post her exact ethnicity, so I'm it's not like sure. O A X. I'm butchering. Oh, Oaxacan. She's from Oaxaca. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I could. I could be saying that wrong as well, but I do know people who have gone there, and that's how they have pronounced okay. it. Yes, and so I, like she has, she has taught me a lot on like. I mean, just because there's Mexico in the United States does not mean that that was split up between the natives. Right. Of the land or whatever. And so, like, her explaining that, I've just learned a lot that I'm not even going to attempt to try to, like, you know, tell you guys because I would butcher it a thousand percent. Like, I butchered her ethnicity. Like, um, <laughs> so just the name, but yeah, her Instagram handle is Nature Chola. Yeah. She's brilliant. She's so great. At she's really brilliant educating. and she's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. She is incredibly educational. So for anybody who's looking for some education on these topics, she covers it very well. And yeah. she covers it in like an interesting way. You know what I mean? Like you don't feel like you read a caption and you're like reading a textbook. Like Absolutely. she's just like, she has a fun personality. She's super nice. She's very funny. And she just happens to like drop a bunch of knowledge in everything she does. Yeah. There's another one called Native IN underscore LA. She she also does a lot of like educational posts and her name is Jordan. Yes. And I really I really like her Instagram too. She I've never seen her. When she runs, she runs with handprints on her. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And the right handprints now. are there to like kind of symbolize people taking things. Uh, or, or I'm I think I'm not even saying it right. I don't know if this matters, but she has the handprint over her mouth. Almost as if like, it looks to me, if I was trying to be artsy, like she was silenced in some way. Yeah. Does that make any... I, I helps, do not follow her, so I don't know. She helps bring attention to all of the Native American women that are have been abducted and, yeah. like, taken from There's their a families. phenomenal documentary. What is that called? No, no. Oh, my God. I'm an idiot. It's not a documentary. There was a movie about one of the women who was attacked, and then she runs out in the snow with no shoes, and she dies... I, oh my god, somebody send me, that. okay, this is a message that I'm desperately in need for. Send me a message if you know what I'm talking about. There is a movie of a woman who was attacked by her boyfriend, I believe, and then, it, but it, it's on, it's roughly the same topic, because I know at the end of the movie, they display all of the, like, facts about all of the Native women who do not get the media or police or any, yeah. anything like that. Yeah, and, and so she's helped bring awareness to that, which, um... I mean, side note, I'm very passionate about speaking out against human trafficking. So whether it's, you know, Asian women, white women, Hispanic women, black women, or I mean, not even just women, humans. So anyway, so anyone who's speaking out against like any type of human trafficking or um, bringing more facts into that, like I'm invested. I want to learn more and I want to be able to share more. And so um, I think she does a good job of kind of talking about that side from a Native American point of view that unfortunately is just not heard very often and it should be heard more. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, we're going to start wrapping things up. I I just want to say this out loud. I do know that I asked you about your dogs and then I think we totally... I mean, I don't we, know. we got to that was a good, yeah, that was a good 40 minutes ago. That was before religion. <laughs> it was before your boyfriend. It was before everything. The point is, we love dogs, and that's all. <laughs> that's the really, point of all of that. Yeah, that's all that really needed to be said anyways. Okay, so lastly, I would like to end on 
two last questions. What advice would you have some for someone who wants to do van life, whether it's male, female? If you want to speak to female specifically, totally fine. Yeah. Anybody that wants to live in a van, any kind of advice that you could give them on like making the leap, doing it? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to speak more to like solo travelers just because I feel very passionate about this. And okay. Yes, I do feel a little bit more passionate maybe because I am a woman. I feel like so often women wait for a man, a partner, or whoever. They're more afraid to do things alone. Mm-hmm. Just in general, just what I hear from people, like, oh, I really want to do that someday, but when I'm with somebody. Right. They're scared to travel without the company of someone else, whether it's a friend or a partner. Get a dog. <laughs> yeah, get a dog. Or if you want to take that international trip, like, just, right. you you have to stop waiting well, the thing is, it's also, you can travel once you get a partner, but take this time yeah. now to do a completely different kind of traveling. Yes. Like, you will be, a, and people who are already in partnerships are totally going to get offended, but uh, you will be a better partner if you have traveled alone. Am I allowed to say that? I think that's fair. I mean... Like, because you are more confident. You're just, like, at least I, like, I should speak more on myself than putting this in a more of a broad term, but, like, I was not that confident. And I, someone told me recently, well, you had to be pretty confident to have moved into the van. No, I wasn't. I was so not confident that that's why I moved. I wanted to get in my van, drive as far away from as any human beings as I possibly could and just not talk to anybody. That's like yeah. kind of my intention. I wasn't confident at all. I was broken and looking for confidence. Like I needed to build myself back up. I was like looking for van life to do that for me. And I was very lucky that it did do that for me. But yeah, you will build your confidence. Like even if it's, even if you're in a partnership, you can take a week somewhere by yourself yeah. and like you will learn abilities of yourself that you did not know you had, whether you're scared or not. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, whether you're with someone or you're alone, tomorrow is not guaranteed. And so it's just like, stop waiting for someone else to live your life now. Like, like I said, I've been single minus this, this year since 2011. And if I would have waited all this time to have someone with me to do the things that I wanted to do, I would have gone nowhere. I wouldn't have done anything. Granted, I did have a solid friend that like traveled with me a lot but also in 2019 was the first year i traveled internationally so you should tell her to listen to this so you should give her a big shout out paula uh (laughs) paula has been a phenomenal friend she's been a phenomenal friend like literally i call her wifey because i mean she's always there she's like your partner legit like (laughs) yeah she's not your girlfriend but she's like your human partner yeah i mean seriously we're soulmate yes i love her so much and she's traveled all over the world with me but this year we just kind of had different goals and so i ended up i was like okay well i have this goal to travel somewhere new every year by myself internationally Mm -hmm. i am not gonna wait for her or for someone else and so i backpacked through amsterdam ireland and the uk by myself and it was hard. I'm not gonna lie. It was a little more challenging than I emotionally more challenging than I ex- expected. But also, I don't really remember that looking back on it. Like, right. I remember all the places, and I'm so damn proud that I did that. Like, so, so at the end of the day, if I can give you any advice, it would be just go for it. Live your life for yourself now, and stop waiting for someone else to live life with you. Because if you do that, I just, I, I don't think. You don't know how long you'll be waiting. You don't. And, like, I could just preach on how to be single, like, 
all day Great long. movie. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? How do we single? I just watched it. Oh. But literally, I could preach on that all day long just because, I mean, I'm going on, like, my ninth year of being single and, like, being able to experience this much amount of growth, like, it's just been beautiful for me. And while being single is not easy, it's insanely difficult yeah, you could even speak on loneliness for a second. Yeah, I mean, it, it's lonely as shit sometimes. Like, you just want someone to, like, confide in and just, like, or even just, I, I always joke that it's, like, the small moments that you don't want to call your friends and, like, tell them about. Like, you just wish you had a partner to, like, call and be like, oh, my God, I almost just hit a bunny. Like, you know, oh you're, God, you know what I mean? Just, like, a terrible example. <laughs> God, I thought you were going to say, But you know like, what I mean? Like, because you, you almost do that, and you're like, your heart's like, you're freaking out, but also you don't right. want to just call your friend and tell them that. But, like, a partner, you... you yeah, you can talk about the dumb things, too. Yes. If you hit a bunny. I know, it's that. I'm just saying. Like, that's follow just, me now. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I don't know. So, so there's just, like, so much growth in being able to be alone that you... I am not the same person in 2011 when I became single... If y'all would have met that person. Okay, well, honey, it wasn't that game ago. <laughs> I would hope that you I this know, but I'm just saying, like, I was bougie as hell. Like, my goal in life was to own a pair of oh, my Louboutins. God. Like, you know, I wanted the black pointed, like, pointed toe Louboutins. Like, yeah. $600 shoes. That was my goal in life. Like, what a ridiculous yeah. goal in life. In college, I was... I, I, I was a different, but um, similar. I, I should say when I entered college, I was the same. But then it was really me spending four years because I studied fashion at school. Yeah. And so I was really involved in that world. And I saw nothing. Like, I was in a classroom of girls who did wear those shoes and who did come from very wealthy families and who cared so much about expensive things. And it, it took me being around them to be like, this is literally nothing I want. Like, I don't yeah. care about this shit at all. I don't like it. I, I, I came into class every day with like jeans and a hoodie and you know nobody would like look at me weird but they just were at 9 a.m they would they cared about their appearance yeah yeah and you know as much respect as they have like we need girls like you we need people in fashion i love it whatever but i just was not them and it really took me being around them on a daily basis to be like yeah that's not me that's so great that you figured that out so soon because it took me a lot longer (laughs) that's not why i said it i hope that didn't come off snarky no it didn't it didn't but i'm just like really happy that you were able to figure that out about yourself like it took me a lot longer I tried for so long to be who I thought I needed to be in order to be successful. Right. And so I was forcing this person that wasn't truly me. And it it's not until I finally stopped trying to become someone else and I just accepted who I was. And I didn't even know who she was. Like, right. that's what's crazy. Like, before van life, I had gone camping twice in my life. Yeah. Like, I would not have said I was an outdoorsy person. Like, this, if you knew me pre-van life... Now you're looking at me like she is going through a midlife crisis. <laughs> she got her hair in a messy bun. <laughs> Girl is tripping. Like it just it, this wasn't me. And but it's funny because this is actually me and I have right. never been more at peace with who I am now. And so if I would have been married in, in, to the person who whom I was dating before 2011 when I became single, mm-hmm. I would be miserable. Because right. I well, you would have never know, found this person. I would have never found me. And so I don't say this to discourage people who, who are in relationships or got married at a young age. That's not my intention here. But what I am hoping to do is for those of you who have possibly been waiting for your person and you are single and you're just wondering, why am I still single? Like, maybe you just haven't 
met yourself yet. And this is a better adventure for you to come face to face with who you are. I mean, I just want to encourage you on that journey of being single and finding yourself truly who you truly are and loving yourself like for your authentic person. A hundred percent. Yeah. Preach. Yeah, that's my advice. If you ever need encouragement on how to be single, Lord Kristen's knows I'm going to write a book about it. Now, with all that to be said, I definitely would love... Like, She's on the market. I'm ready. <laughs> Your girl's ready to She's have a herself. ring on the she finger. She knows herself. <laughs> She's ready. Um, so okay. Ready. So, if you know someone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I only have a few requirements, like appearance, apparently. <laughs> we don't care about looks, but you must be good looking. <laughs> Handsome, kind. Does religion matter to religion you? Religion does matter. Okay. So, like, see, because religion didn't matter for me. See, I don't has. need us to be like on the same level, but I at least need you to like, like, believe in God. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of my thing. And love the outdoors. Like, I don't feel. I mean, you would think that that's not hard to find, but here we are. <laughs> Still Nine <single>. years later. <laughs> um, okay. And then last question. What was one mistake that you made that you would want someone else to avoid making? Whether it's a, it could be about your build. It could be about living in the van. It could be about yourself. All I would say is don't, don't do the benches. Just don't do <laughs> I said it. the same thing. Don't do it. Oh my gosh. We are fixed Sydney, to bed. Sydney even tried to like tell me this. And I was like, I just have to learn for myself. You know, I'm such I a know. hard ass that I had I'm to so learn stubborn. for myself. Yeah, do a fixed bed. I mean, you don't need to even do it that high up. Like, no, it's not that. Don't say it like that. You shouldn't do it that high up. Yeah, you you want to be able to sit up on your bed with your back up against the wall and not touch your overhead cabinets if you have them. Like, I I I mean it when I say this. Like, listen to these words. You will regret otherwise. Fixed bed, but keep it low. Or if you do benches, just make sure you go with a high top so that way you can have up above storage because. Currently, I do not have up above storage, which means I need to get in my benches for everything, which also means I'm very limited on my storage anyways. Right. And it is, is a pain I'm not trying to say ass. I told you so, but she bought this middle roof uh, bit, or middle, what, mid-roof van, and I was like, I love you, but don't do that. I know. <laughs> She's like, you're going to regret it. I know. But you live and you learn. I she does pray- have a skylight, which is phenomenal. I do love that. That yeah. is my favorite feature. But I prioritized mileage over height on my van, and I wish yeah. I would have done it the opposite way. Yeah, and I told Kristen earlier I was going to mention this, so now I have to. She's going to stay silent. That is perfectly fine. No comment. She's giving me the look. A lot of you have reached out and asked about my van builders. I used to have them on my website. Kristen went to the same builders. Whether we had the same experience or completely different experience... I am speaking on my own, and I personally cannot and will not recommend my builders. So if you have since, I don't know, looked into building your van, if you've ever looked at my website and seen who built my van, I would never speak badly about anyone, and I will never say their name and speak badly. That does not matter. But I I do not recommend them for various reasons. If you need to speak more in depth about that and you have questions, feel free to reach out, and I would be happy to talk to you about that. And I just want that to be said somewhere, sometime somewhere. And that, that about wraps it up. Cool, what a great ending, note to I know. End ending on a great note. Let's say something nice. Uh, say something that you love about van life. Or you just say something nice about your dogs. We can always talk nicely about our dogs. I mean, they love my dogs. But, um, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I feel conflicted on this because I feel like it's my identity. But also I feel really passionate about it. But if you're single, don't be afraid to live your damn life for yourself. 
you know what? Even if you're in a relationship, live yeah. your life. Like, live it. Yeah. Do it now. Do it. Tomorrow's not t- promised. And of course, you have to, to be like smart and financially savvy and whatever. And I don't even think you have to be like, financially or, savvy. The or, or thing responsible. is responsible. That's okay. the word I'm I was going to say because the thing is like, I do, I have eyes. Like, I can see my van. I know what my van looks like. I know it's a nice van. I'm sitting in Kristen's van right now. It's a nice van. Like, there's no doubt about that. And we spent money on our vans. That was money that was hard. Like, we worked hard for that and we, it paid off. We have nice vans. But I have said it a million times. If I could not afford my van, I would throw a mattress in the back of a different, of a Ford line. I would spend as little money as possible. I would have a mattress and a cooler and I would leave. Like, you don't need a fancy van and you don't need a lot of money to be doing this. Like, Right. And honestly, after living in a van for a while, I mean, I love how nice my van is. I mean, it's yeah, almost but it's, like you don't even need it to be this. No, nice. it's additional comfort. <laughs> like, yeah, it, that's nothing. Sure. It's, it's all it is, is like, I mean, it's luxury. Like it's, it is, you know, thousand percent. even though we're living in a car. Yes. Yeah. But I meant res- financially responsible, not financially. Yeah. Savvy. And consider the fact that like people are always like, well, you had to spend X amount of money on your van. No, finance your van. I don't know. Like I'm I, financing mine. I didn't realize how many people were either not familiar with that concept or it just doesn't, they don't know about it with van life. Like, I don't really know. But yeah, finance your van. You, I know there are a lot of builders. You can even finance your van build. Like, yeah. just do whatever you can do to make it work if it's something that you want. If you don't want to do van life, totally. Sweet. And if you have questions on finances, like, please hit me up. I work with financial information every day. So I'd like to think I'm a little... She's a good like, financial planner. Yeah, I plan out my finances a year in advance. We so all like, need that advice. Yeah. So if you if you need some some help with some financial questions, like let me know. I think most people have questions on finances. Yeah, I, I love talking finances. I actually wanted to be a financial planner or, or advisor. You're a big people. finance nerd. I love it. I love budgeting. Yeah, it's so much I love fun. To nerdy me. people. I can I can favorite. do spreadsheets all day long. <laughs> love that for you. Love that. If anybody watched Shit's Creek, I love that journey for you. Oh my god, I love Shit's Creek. Same. Their last season's about to come out. So sad. Yeah. Sad, but I was saying that because I'm super pumped. I mean, I'm excited, but also a sad day. No, yeah. Dan Levy is like my king. Ugh. Anyway, her name on Instagram at where the road forks because she's also a baker that's why uh, we didn't talk anything about baking. Yeah, but also I never actually ended up Baking in, the van. baking in the van. She tried to bake in Colorado, but because there's elevation, it did not work, which yeah. I didn't know was a thing. But yeah. also, I don't think that where we're going right now is so interesting. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, she's a baker. Phenomenal baker. Yeah. Yeah, you just made a ugly sweater Christmas cake. I did. It yeah. Was cute. It was real cute. Thanks. And delicious. But but yeah, you have but to know, I was going to say you need to start working on your vegan baking. I know. I, I've got some vegan butter to experiment with, so okay. we'll see. We'll see. But aside from, like, where the road forks, having, like, a baking type of vibe, whatever. But I felt like I was at a, a fork in the road in my life. Like, so where the road yeah. forks. And I chose the fork in the road that led me to adventure and travel. And so here we are. Love eight. Yeah. Well, follow her for some more single lady adventures, baking and travel. Yeah. Yeah. We'll watch her relationship journey blossom as time goes on. <laughs> yeah. Um, or not. Or not, you know, but... Love yourself, you know? Maybe you just haven't met you, you know? Yeah. Right. (laughs) You're like, I'm literally so familiar with myself. I feel that way. Okay. Well, I loved having you on here. Thanks for doing this. We'll probably sit here and talk for a little while longer. Thank you for listening. Please reach out about everything that we probably offended you about. I honestly feel like we could do a part two. Like, we could keep going. I mean, yeah, but we probably will every time I come home. I would like to sit down and talk to you. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week. And that is all. Goodbye, guys. Thanks.